Thank you for listening to this message from Lifehouse Church. All right, good morning, good morning, Lifehouse. Come on, turn to somebody, give them a high five, tell them you look all right for a Sunday. You're looking all right for a Sunday. Come on, a little bit of encouragement. Yeah, first gathering. You're awake, you got some coffee. I see coffee getting tilted all over the house. Uh, Listen, uh, it is good to be here um, starting um, this week. We, last week we ended uh, the series Loud and Clear. And um, this morning I really kind of want to talk a little bit, begin to preach about community a little bit. Because community, how many know community is important? Yeah, right, right. It is actually said that community is one of the fundamental needs with every human being. That all of us have this desire to belong to a group, right? We all want to be part of a tribe. We all want to be part of a family. Um, We all want to be uh, uh, together in some location that we're with people that are our people, right? How many know you got people? There used to be a commercial like that. We got people. And to quote a line from a very old TV show that had a very old theme song, right? We want to be a place where everybody knows our name. Anybody ever hear that theme song? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Everybody 40 and over in the house, raise your hand, all right? <clears throat> where everyone knows your name. You want to be part of a community. You want to be part of a place where people know you. And the Lord has really put something deep within us that causes us to want to connect with others. And you don't need a PhD to figure this out, right, in sociology. Just take a good look around you. Um, people crave community. They crave coming together. That's why most of us went a little bit crazy during COVID, right? Some of us went a little bit not so. Some of you are like, ah, I was okay. But some of us went completely crazy because we want to be in community, right? We weren't allowed to touch. There was no getting near other people. We had to keep at least six, six foot plus uh, distance, right? No hanging out in the coffee shops. No going to the, the park, right? Um, no restaurants. Just hanging out in the restaurant, that kind of thing. We went a little crazy because we got isolated. And because we crave community, it's something inside of us. And it's why we are surrounded with all kinds of different communities uh, everywhere you look, really. Um, uh, groups of people who kind of have this sense of commonality of some kind come together in community with someone, right, uh, of, of same likenesses. And there are community groups for just about anything you can think of. If you get looking online, it's crazy, and there's some strange ones out there, right? I got to give you just a couple, right? Like the Durham University Assassins Association, D-U-A-S. It's a real thing, right? It was founded in 1996. D-U-A-S is one of the oldest as well as one of the most active assassin societies in the world. They run a number of different games throughout the school year, ranging in duration for a few hours to a few weeks. And the games consist of players attempting to kill other players, normally with a Nerf gun, okay, or a cardboard knife. This is our higher educated at work, okay? I was looking at I'm like, this is at a university, okay? Running around with cardboard knives and Nerf guns, all right? Or the Caterpillar Club, right? even an older club. The Caterpillar Club was founded in 1922, and it is a worldwide organization uh, for military and commercial aviators who have life-saving experience with a parachute. Why a caterpillar? Because at that time, parachutes were made from silk. So the metaphor of a caterpillar spinning a a safe cocoon and emerging from it to take flight was an apt one. And it's estimated there's over 100,000 people who are part of the Caterpillar Club, right? Over the years, there's people like George H.W. Bush and Charles Lindbergh were a part of this group. 
There's community for everything. And my favorite one and final one I'm going to give you is the Luxuriant Flowing Hair Club for Scientists. All right, come on. It's true. This is the thing, right? If you're a scientist and you do not, and you have an unexpected gorgeous mane of hair, then you might be a candidate for the Luxuriant Flowing Hair Club for Scientists. There are just a few steps standing between you and membership. Uh, photo evidence of said luxuriant flowing hair, right? Which has to be, there's a strict rule, it has to be below the clavicle. And, and a link that from your employer that says you are actually a legitimate scientist. And if you have a pithy statement to go along with it, you're in. Okay, this is a, it's a thing, all right? There is community for just about everything. You can, you can see it for, there's a community for dill pickles, all right, literally. Uh, there's one for an association for dressing and sauces you can belong to. Yep, it's a thing. Rock, paper, scissors, how many ever played that game? There's an association you can be a part of, right? It's everywhere. We crave community. We crave being together. We crave being apart. And, and, and we need to talk about what makes Christian community a cut above all other communities? What makes it so different? Why should I belong to a Christian community? I, I get asked that at times. There's people that ask that question. What's so special about a Christian community? What makes it unique from every other community that you can be a part of, right? Because there's a million of them. Well, in a quick word, it's this. First of all, it's Jesus. Amen. That's the first thing. Jesus is the common bond for our community of believers. Jesus is the reason for the community in the first place. And of course, Jesus provides incredible power. He provides, uh, provides incredible benefit in his community. And it is Jesus who has made this a worldwide, actually universal community. Jesus has the only, say only, only. the only eternal community on the face of the planet. It's the only one. A community without end, a community that will transcend um, this earthly existence and actually uh, go into the next existence. Uh, Jesus has the only community because he is transcended, we can be transcended. It's the only one on the face of the earth. And the beautiful thing is that Jesus provides a one-step process to belong to this community. And we know this as believers, right? Even the luxuriant uh, flowing hair club for scientists has two. Jesus has one, right? And it's this. Uh, the only qualification is that Jesus has to be Lord and Savior of your life. You don't have to have beautiful hair. You don't have to be a scientist. It's not even a big deal if you don't have any hair. Some of the people say amen in the house, right? All right? If Jesus is your Lord and Savior, if you recognize that, that we are far from God and that the only way to come near to God is through Jesus Christ, if I understand that the only way that I can remedy my sin issue, right, the problem of sin and death in my life is through Jesus Christ, and I recognize that and I see Jesus' sacrifice as Lord and Savior of my life, if I see that, my path, right, is set. It is a one-step process. I, I can approach a holy God because of Jesus' holiness that covers me through the blood that was shed for me by him, right? It's me acknowledging that and committing to that. It's a one-step process, and I belong. I am a member of this community. I got people. I got a lot of people, right? The Christian community is huge. 
It is the largest on the face of the planet. There's not a corner of the earth that you can go to that you're probably not going to bump into a believer somewhere, a, a follower of Jesus Christ. It is the single binding factor to belong to this community that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. And once you're in and you're part of this largest community and connected community on the face of the planet, it, it's an amazing thing, right? It's, it's, it's universal. It truly is. And when the community functions like it should, now how many know you can function dysfunction, right? How many know there's dysfunction on the earth? But when it functions like it should, there's not anything on the face of the earth that resembles the Christian community. It, and when it functions like it should, it resembles our leader. It looks just like Jesus. And there's nothing like it in the world. There's nothing even close. You can search the planet. You can go join every club that you want. But if you understand what it is to be part of authentic Christian community, there is nothing like it. It is why it is so special, because if it's working right and it takes on the attributes of the leader, it becomes a special fellowship. Fellowship. Say fellowship. 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 Now, Christians, we think we've got the corner market on this term fellowship. Uh, you'll hear fellowship talked about in the church a lot. But fellowship is actually a description of a friendly relationship between members of a community. And fellowship actually happens in every community on the face of the earth. It really does. Um, we live in Carlisle, right? Most of us live in Carlisle. Some of you are on the outskirts of Carlisle, or Car Carlisle somewhere. And there's something that happens that's pretty unique in Carlisle on a regular basis every year. There's about 12 car shows that take place, right? Now, for the people that live here, they're like, man, all that does is cost traffic. But for those of the people who of cars, it's a big deal. There's these car shows, and if you go to a car show, one of the car shows, you could go to the Ford show, the Chevy show. We got the largest Corvette show in the world that takes place here in Carlisle. If you go to one of those shows, what's the commonality? Everybody loves cars there, right? And they will stand around for an entire week by their cars talking about cars, right? They'll chat about them. They'll go out to dinner and discuss them. They'll, they'll, they'll compare them. They'll, they'll have shows with them. They'll do all kinds of things, right? And there's this fellowship that takes place. There's this connection. Car guys talking, they got, they got their own language, man. They're starting to talk. Sometimes you don't even know what they're saying, right? They, they got, there's a fellowship. Fellowship is not unique thing to just Christians. It's been around as long as people have been around. Farmers talk fellowship farming with other farmers, right? Doctors talk and fellowship with other doctors. Teachers talk and talk and they fellowship with other teachers. Some sports people, right? They talk uh, sports and fellowship with those other sports people. Gym people that go to the gym, right? Craft people. How many crafties we got in the house? Craft people, they got, they got a whole thing going on, man. You go up to Bedford County for a solid week. It's consumed, that whole area, right? Craft people, they're fellowship with one another. Um, you, you may, uh, listen, Star Wars. How many know, may the force be with you? Okay, come on. There's a fellowship there, right? It's a, they dress up. They do the whole thing. But there's a unique fellowship with Christians because of Jesus Christ. Because of our leader. In, in 1 John 1 1, if you got your Bibles, you can turn to 1 John 1 1. And I want to pray over the word quickly this morning. Lord, we thank you for the word. God, as we dive into the word, God, I pray that you would speak into our hearts, into our lives, and into our minds. And God, may it manifest in everything that we do. And we just give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, Amen. Amen. 1 John 1 1 says that, it says this That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. 
The life was manifested and it was, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. This is a message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have what? Fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. What is this unique fellowship? Why, what is so out of this world? about this fellowship in the Christian community? Well, it's the fact that the fellowship is really out of this world. It really is. The fellowship begins and continues with the divine, with God, right? The fellowship is not just a mere human-to-human relationship. It is not just a mere interest-to-interest kind of relationship. This fellowship goes beyond the natural. It goes into the supernatural. It is heaven and earth interwoven between one another. It is a relationship and a connection that goes beyond and transcends just earthly existence and just earthly things, right? It is a unique community, and it is not just based on human-to-human interaction. It is human-to-God, right? There's nothing else like it on the face of the earth. This fellowship is not based on some kind of temporal common interest, like cars, Nerf guns, right? Crafts, right? But in any con- it's in a common eternal identity that is a result of our fellowship with God. Huge difference between the two. It's not based on a temporal common interest, but in a common eternal identity This is the result of our fellowship with God. It's not just an interest thing, it's an identity thing. It's who we become in the fellowship. It's not just discussing something on the outside and on the surface, but it is actually a fellowship that results in a change in who we actually are. 1 Peter 2.9 says this, But we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. This fellowship changes who we are, how I identify. Once, uh, I, you know, once before Christ, I had some kind of other identity. I, I identified it in some other way. It could be, and, and we know that this is a big issue these days. The, the, I, people call out their own identity. We, some people used to identify with their jobs, right? With labels, with status. Um, the world even questions gender these days. They do all these things and we identify. But once I am in Christ's community, a, a part of his fellowship, all identities disappear. Once you come in and you are part with Jesus, my identity is wrapped up in him. 
the word of God says, I become a royal priesthood. Now, I can spend the rest of the morning, probably the rest of the month, unfolding what that means. Um, but it's a royal priesthood. You are a chosen generation in him. We become a holy nation. We are God's own special people. It is identity-based. It is not interest-based. It is completely different. We're, we are Jesus people. We are in a community that is without end. It doesn't end. Look at the person beside you right now. And, and, and if they're in the community that I'm talking about with Jesus Christ, you're stuck with them for all of eternity. Come on, smile at them real big right now. Right? You better like them a lot. Right? Because they're in the community. If they're identifying with Jesus Christ, they're part of that community. And, and it's not just a, a now thing. It's not a car show thing. It's not a craft show thing. It's not like Thursdays we meet and do these kind of things, right? A knitting club. It's not that at all. It is identity-based. It is different than anything on the face of the earth. And it goes from this life into the next life. I'm going to see you all there, right? You're going to see me there. It's, not a, it's an eternal thing, Amen. Come on, y'all looking at me like I'm crazy, but it's true. The Word of God says we are marked for this. We are sealed with this. It, we are in this community of fellowship. Ephesians 1.13 says, In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. When you come into this community, you are sealed. I kind of almost wish God would just plant a, a big old seal right in our forehead. Right? Just like, how many know you get, you get those little stampers you push and, you know, put a, sometimes their addresses and stuff? Don't give them to your grandkids, man. They'll stamp everything. <laughs> All right? But I almost wish sometimes God would stamp us like that. You know, it talks about that in Revelation in the end times, that there'll be some folks that will be sealed. And I think you're going to physically see it. But, but, you know, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. We're sealed with promise. We're part of a community that goes without end, right? It's for eternal. And, and, and the Holy Spirit, is the, the Word of God says, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. We're the purchased possession. Jesus paid for our, 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 our right and passage to, to be with God, to praise his glory, right? It, we are that we identify with Christ. Our identity is wrapped up in Christ. It's not in a Harley jacket or T-shirt, right? It can't, you can't take it off and put it on. It's not, it's not even a gang tattoo. How I many know they got gangs, got tat, they got tattoos. It goes, listen, it goes way beyond some ink on you. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance. You're marked. We're included in the fellowship, and it changes who I am. When I came into the kingdom, it changed who I am. Uh, the, the longer I've been a Christian, the more I realize all the things that I labeled myself with, I lay it down. I put it behind me because it really has nothing to do with who I am in Christ. It might be a part of my history. It might be a part of my past, but I am different now. I am in Christ. You want to start walking past some things that you've been in the middle of for a long time? Just start locking your identity down in Jesus. Start talking uh, identity in Jesus. Just say, hey, I am a child of the most high, right? Man, I spend most of my ministry, people think you spend a lot of your ministry getting people to Jesus. I spend a lot of time in my ministry getting them to Jesus, but even more time trying to tell them, because this is who you are now. This is who, listen, your past does not define you. Your past, can I say that again? Yeah. Your past does not define you. Amen. It does not define you. This is different than any other community. 
When you come into Christ, you are a new creation. You are a new creature. You become brand new. Your identity is new. Man, when you get a hold of this, all those things that held you back there, they don't hold you anymore. They don't hold you. Your past can't hold you. It can't, it can't, amen? It's true. Believers around the globe, listen, believers around the globe in this community, when you bump into them, you realize that identity. And, and I've gone to places, I've gone to other countries where we don't even speak the same language. And it's the funniest thing, as soon as you bump into another believer, there's just this connection, right? There's this eternal community, spirit spirit connection. And, and, and you can't even talk to each other. And you want to, right? You want to talk with these other folks who don't know your language and they don't know your language. And you're just trying to eke it out, anything you can. But there's this this deep abiding community. There's this a deep abiding fellowship with other believers of Jesus Christ, and it is worldwide, and it is amazing. Their identity is in Christ, and there's unique qualities to this community, to this fellowship. This fellowship is an authentic care for other members of the fellowship, all right? There's authentic care. Now, listen, I'm not saying that there's not authentic care in other fellowships, in other groups. There could be, but care for one another in this fellowship and in, in this community must be a part of who we are. It looks different. Uh, if you've been in church any length of time, you're going to know this scripture. Galatians 5.22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit, right? Remember, that was the seal and the guarantee, the mark of who we are, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there's no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. Authentic care for one another in this fellowship, in this community is not optional. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, right, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. They're personal characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit in your life, but they are also community characteristics that should be in place. An authentic community, these should be in place personally, and they should be in place in the community. If if, uh, Holy Spirit is present, these characteristics, these are fruits of the Spirit, right? We teach kids this all the time. In in Sunday school and in in, in kids' class, we don't have Sunday school. I went back, I flashed back there about 40 years. All right, we have kids' clubs and we have um, Uptown, right? But the Holy Spirit, if he's present, these characteristics are present in the fellowship. They're personal personal traits, they're community traits, they're fellowship traits. Scripture doesn't um, name these uh, uh, personal community fellowship traits, but Scripture has given us a two-step process here, all right? If we're going to see this in the community, there's going to be authentic care in our community. This unique community of God, it's a two-step process. First is this, according to the Scripture, the Holy Spirit has to be present because these are fruits of the Spirit. We can't leave the Holy Spirit out of this fellowship. We can't leave them out of this community because if we do, those things aren't present, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, all that stuff goes away without the Holy Spirit. These are fruits of the Spirit. So first of all, the Holy Spirit has to be with us personally and it has to be with us in a fellowship and in the community for this, to, for this authentic care to take place. And the second part of that scripture says, those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Those are the two steps, right? 
It's authentic care in the community of fellowship is two parts. It's almost like epoxy glue. How many of you ever used epoxy glue? Right, you ever get those now? You know, the, now they usually put them in two tubes and you just squeeze it all in one. But you cut the end off of each one, you squeeze it out, right? If you use epoxy glue and you mix it all together, then all of a sudden it makes this strong bond. And, and it makes this epoxy glue that is super strong, right? It, it's a little like that. Um, we have to have the Holy Spirit is one part of the epoxy. He's got to be present in the community. He's got to be present personally. He's got to be present in the fellowship. And the second part of that epoxy is that we have to crucify our flesh. <laughs> right? We, we got to do that. Holy Spirit's presence, and we got to crucify our flesh. I, I gotta, it's got to be Holy Spirit's presence plus me crushing my fleshly passions and desires equals authentic Christian care. I'm giving you a math formula, by the way, all right? It, it's an addition thing this morning, right? It really is. Holy Spirit's presence plus me getting me myself out of the way equals authentic Christian care. It's a two-part thing. Holy Spirit always does his part. If we have Holy Spirit there, he, how many know he's perfect? He never messes up. He's God. He, if he's there, it's going to be right. If he's there, love, patience, right, long-suffering, all those things are going to be present. But where it gets messed up is me. Where I, get, where I mess up the whole thing in the community is my flesh. I, Holy Spirit will get right every time, and I'll mess it up sometimes. I'll get in the mix and in the middle, and our flesh does not automatically care for other people in the Christian community. Just because you got saved and you, and you realize you got saved from death, hell, and the grave and, and, and destruction, uh, that does not automatically make me a caring Christian. As a matter of fact, how many of you ever met a mean Christian? Come on, raise your hand. Be honest. Yeah, see, right? There, there's some mean Christians out there, right? They're the opposite. You know why? Because they're in the flesh. They got saved, but, but they're, not, they're not crucifying their flesh, right? As a matter of fact, they, they don't care so much. They're kind of like, whoa, it was great for me. sucks for you, right? You can die and go to hell, and I don't care. I know that's harsh, right? But it's almost the attitude sometimes with them, right? There's almost this, you ever meet somebody spiritually arrogant? Oh, man, come on, right? They're spiritually arrogant. It's, it's just all up here, right? They're a mess. That's the flesh, we're, we got flesh. We're selfish by nature. We got to crucify that thing. We got to crush that thing in us. Holy Spirit's got to be present. And for authentic care, I got I to gotta put myself. To, come on, we have all done it, right? We've all said somebody, we've all looked at somebody and said, they don't deserve it. I'm not going to show them any care. They messed this up themselves, right? They, they made this bed, let them lay in it. Let me tell you something. We all made our own bed and we're laying in it. We're all sinners saved by grace. It, Romans 8.1 says this, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who don't walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit is life in Christ Jesus, who has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that this righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, Right? So you can be saved and walk in the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. Wow. All right? You want to kill authentic Christian care? Be carnally minded. All right? But to be spiritually minded is life, peace, because the carnal mind is at enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. 
If we want to kill authentic community, Christian care, just walk in the flesh. Don't crucify yourself, right? Don't put down your own interests. Don't, you know, make sure you're judging everybody that comes by based on your own bias, right? Come on, is it true? It's true. I have to crush my flesh. If we're going to come into this community, this amazing fellowship that Jesus paid such a high price for, I've got to have the Holy Spirit present so that, that his attributes are there, right? That love and that peace and that patience and that long-suffering is there. And I've got to crush some of my own junk, right? I've got to put that stuff down. Jesus gave us the most vivid picture of this. He physically died on a cross so that I could experience authentic care in Christian community. He died. He physically took on a crucifixion, being completely innocent in my place so that I could experience authentic Christian care. So I would know what salvation is. So I would know what it is to have peace in my life. So I would know what it is to experience care. It's true, right? And you might say, well, why are you preaching so much about this community? Because here's the thing. We're engaged in two things, right? We're engaged in glorifying God as believers and as Christians. And the other thing is, is we're part of a rescue that's taking place. Now, I don't know if you realize it or not, but you're part of the rescue, right? Once you come to Jesus, our job after that, uh, the idea after that is that we begin to engage in bringing other people to Jesus. Uh, you can think of it along these lines. And if I could, I'd give everybody some kind of symbol for this, right? Uh, I, I was talking this morning, and we were talking, uh, Sean and I were talking about car accidents. And I was thinking about first responders who go to something, right? How many know when you're a first responder, right, they're just waiting around for the rescue? They're waiting around for what's going on. So they're just going through life doing what they do, and, and they're getting, but they're ready for the rescue. Every step that they go, they're ready for the rescue, and that's what we should be doing as Christians. And, and I don't know if we could get us all uniforms, right? The paramedic uniforms that we get up every morning. You know, or maybe just we should all wear a cross. I seriously thought about this over there. Maybe we ought to start wearing a cross. Every morning we get up in the morning, we look in the mirror and we see a cross. And we realize we're part of the rescue. And we're part of bringing people into authentic Jesus community. A community that's like no other. A fellowship that's like no other. That's why we're here. We're here to glorify God. I'm going to ask you to stand right now. We're here to glorify God. And we're here to be part of the rescue. Here's the thing. I got to crucify my flesh to be part of the rescue. I can get so wrapped up in me throughout the week and what I'm doing. It's the weirdest thing, right? I can be totally wrapped up in ministry and forget the rescue. How weird does that sound? But you can. You can get busy doing things, right? Ministry things, whatever your thing is whatever your job is, whatever you're in the middle of, and we forget about the rescue. And to rescue people, we got to bring them into the community where Jesus is at so that they're part of this amazing community. And we got to do it. We need the Holy Spirit, and we got to crucify our flesh. Amen? Listen, as you're standing here, and as East Shore standing currently, and if you're listening online, um, hear what I'm saying in this. Now, I'm talking to believers this morning. Well, I'll address some believers in a moment, you know, those who want to come into the kingdom. But so I'm talking to people who are in the kingdom today. I'm talking about, talking about us, authentic care in the community. Holy Spirit plus crucifying my flesh. Holy Spirit plus crucifying my flesh.
We have authentic care in the community. Amen. Now, can I, get, can I throw in one little bonus thing? If you're in the community and you don't tell anybody you need something, don't get mad when you don't receive anything. Amen? If you're hurting, if you need something, you need to talk to the community. You need to let them know what's going on. Because God put us together to care for one another. He put us together, right? Those mean Christians, forget about the mean Christians. Don't worry about that. They just they need Jesus a little bit more, right? They need they need to get they need to crucify the flesh. But we're here for one another. And we're here to bring people in to the kingdom. Amen. I know I want this was the long I took the long way around a tree to get to this. But you needed to see it in scripture. I'm asking you to bow your heads. Thank you for tuning in to this message from Lifehouse Church. Pray that you were impacted powerfully by this message. If you have been personally affected by our ministry and you would like to partner with us as we love God, love people every day, visit our website at www.lifehousecog.com.